the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don Lemon strikes again. Yep, uh, Don is an anchor or something uh, at CNN. I don't know if he's selling himself as a news anchor or a talk show host or a commentator or a pundit or what he is, but he says and does a lot of stupid things, and it's always in an attempt to criticize or ridicule conservatives, especially Donald Trump. And he was nice enough to make a campaign ad for Donald Trump a couple of nights ago. This exchange between Lemon and a Republican never-Trumper named Rick Wilson, whose face, by the way, you will find if you look up the term swamp creature, and a liberal somebody named Wajahat Ali. They were talking about Secretary of State Pompeo being rude to an NPR reporter and telling her she probably couldn't find Ukraine on a map. You can hear Lemon giggling as the other two idiots make fun of Trump voters. Lemon was actually wiping tears from his eyes with his hanky. And it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience, uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. You, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading. You know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. All those lines on the map. <laughs> Only them elitists know where Ukraine is. Sorry, I apologize. But by, but by the way, Ukraine. Oh, my God. But, but, but you know what? But, but it was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. Oh but, you know, but, but in all honesty, but all, you know what Rick. NPR should Why do? Why not? Sorry, hold on. You, wait, wait. Can yeah, I tell give you what? Me a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. That was good. Sorry. Rick, you, that you, was a good one. I needed that. Yeah, he needed that. And uh, you can tell from that that that's what they... That's the kind of conversation they have in the newsroom when the camera's not on them about people who support Donald Trump. And if that's you, they're laughing at you. And the Republicans have already made an ad from that uh, video, that clip you just heard. Um, on the screen, it says, as you're watching it, that they're laughing at you. And, of course, it then says, vote for Trump in November and get the last laugh. Well, Lemon came out with a weak apology. And one final note that I have for you, because this is personally important to me to address this okay anyone ask anyone who knows me they'll tell you i don't believe in belittling people belittling anyone for who they are for what they believe or where they're from during an interview on saturday night one of my guests said something that made me laugh and while in the moment i found that joke humorous and i didn't catch everything that was said just to make this perfectly clear, I was laughing at the joke and not at any group of people. So still to come, on this show tonight, the latest uh, on the impeachment trial of President Donald J. Trump and tributes across the country to Kobe Bryant. We'll be right back. Yeah, that was a weak apology. And did you catch that? He only caught a little bit of it. He was, I'm sure you've seen the video by now. If you haven't, you can find it anywhere online. But um he was laughing hysterically, wiping his the tears from his eyes, and then he said, I needed that, which means that that was everything that he heard, and he loved every second of it, and it was all about ridiculing anybody who votes for Trump. Uh, I think he, they referred to him as a boomer rubes with no teeth. That's who they think voted for Trump, and that's why it's going to be a landslide for Trump 
in November. Today was a big day for President Trump. He signed the UCMA trade agreement. That's the U.S., uh, Mexico, and Canada, which means he came through on another promise. And the media are already complaining that there were no Democrats at the signing. When we come back, we'll find out what UMCA means. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call 1-888-472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling, disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is 1-888-472-4418. Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11 We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So Donald Trump said from the first day when he announced that he was running for president that he hated NAFTA and he wanted a new trade agreement. Actually, he's been saying that for about 20 years. 
today did sign the UMCA deal. That's U.S., Mexico, and Canada. So what's it mean? Jim Roberts is a research fellow for economic freedom and growth and a Pittsburgh guy. He joins us now. Jim, let me start by just asking you, how big of a deal is this? I don't mean uh, as a for, for Trump and, um, you know, how big of a change is it for everybody? Well, clearly for President Trump, it's... Uh it's a victory uh, his effort to show the American people he's been delivering uh, for them both economically and politically in every way. So this is the, the NAFTA agreement had been negotiated in the early 1990s, you know, 30 years ago. It needed to be updated. This new USMCA does that. It's a great relief to the you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans whose jobs depend on trade with Mexico and Canada. And uh, and that, and preferably getting more jobs for them through this new USMCA. You know, it's uh, 1.4 trillion dollars a year in trade between the three countries, about th- almost 400 billion dollars a day, that in goods and services that are crossing those borders with Canada, and Mexico. So it's a big deal for for the American people, I think. Now. Um how bad was NAFTA? Was it bad when it began, or did it just become bad? Well, you know, at the Heritage Foundation, we really prefer, we we always favor free trade uh, because we know that that has raised the living standards and wealth of everybody um, in the United States, certainly, for, for the last maybe 80 years. And so we didn't think that NAFTA was bad, but it did need to be updated. And it, I mean, when NAFTA was negotiated, the internet didn't exist, and so the whole digital economy section, a much tougher, uh, you know, uh, protection for our intellectual property rights. I mean, the U.S. is an information economy, and we depend on protection of those property rights, um, intellectual property rights, copyrights, trademarks. So um, our our pharmaceutical industry is state of the art around the world, and so there were upgrades also benefits uh, to American farmers. There are going to be um, some changes that that in favor of a stronger U.S. auto industry and steel and aluminum, important to Pittsburgh, but uh, they may end up in the long term costing Americans more for U.S. made cars. But overall, the agreement uh, is a step forward. It, it uh, sends signals to the investment world and the markets that this important agreement, really one of the bedrock agreements the United States has had, is going to continue um, in a new way and for a long time. So the average person walking around Pittsburgh um, might actually see and, and, and realize the effects of this, maybe without knowing it? Well, maybe, but, you know, the old saying is that the the benefits of trade are spread very widely, very diffuse. But the the pain of a trade agreement, where you might then see some factories going to other countries, that's felt very particularly. I know that was the case in the Steubenville, Youngstown area. Uh, but the average person, I think, would notice it much more if NAFTA were simply um, stopped, and all of a sudden Americans were facing much higher prices for for fruits and vegetables, for um, plywood, all kinds of things that, that we take for granted that we're benefiting from through lower prices. That, and those prices then are also on intermediate goods that go into all the manufacturing in the Pittsburgh area that, that uh, uses imported parts. And if those parts become more expensive, then the products become more expensive. And then the possibility of people losing their jobs because their products aren't competitive worldwide is is always a you know possibility. So, I, I think uh, people should should feel relieved that this thing has um, has been negotiated and it has arrived at a new stronger agreement in many ways, and that now it's uh, now we on on to other bigger problems like China. We're talking to Jim Roberts. He's uh, the research fellow for economic freedom and growth at the Heritage Foundation. I don't know if you saw or heard, <clears throat> excuse me, what um, what President Trump said today. Uh, he said, "We have replaced a disastrous deal. This is something we really put our heart into. It's probably the number one reason that I decided to leave to lead this crazy life that I'm leading right now, as opposed to that beautiful, simple life of luxury that I left before this happened. But I love doing it. 
Uh, is he justified in taking big credit for this? Because this story on Politico, where I, where I read that quote from, the writer made made sure that she made a point that he didn't include the Democrats in the signing, and they ha- they were a big part of this getting done. Well, you know, politicians have got to be politicians, and whether it's Democrat or Republican, um, they have their talking points, and both sides have had uh, kind of pro-labor union and anti-trade kind of people for a long time who didn't like NAFTA. But, in fact, NAFTA, ultimately, we concluded, and other people in D.C. have looked at it, has been a net benefit to the country. Um, So the president... uh, you know, ran on the campaign that NAFTA was bad and he was going to do something about it. Well, whether it was bad or not, he's done something about it, and what he's done is good, and he's right to take credit for it. If I remember, though, correctly, when when he first started talking about it, uh, and uh, if you don't agree necessarily with this, the, the language that he used about it being disastrous and one of the worst deals ever made, uh, even, even people who thought that he was... Um, that he thought he was maybe going overboard a little bit, seemed to believe that he was uh, he was dreaming if he thought he was going to be able to get out of it and do something different. I, that That's my recollection from three years ago, that I don't think a lot of people had a lot of confidence in his ability to get this done. Well, certainly there was a lot of concern about if, if he were to have taken action to terminate the NAFTA, that would have had major economic ramifications for the country. And he, I'm sure that the White House heard from many, many, many sources, you know, fa- um, sectors that would have been adversely affected, including around the Pittsburgh area for sure. So, but the fact that he got it done, I think you, you have to hand him a credit for that. And 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 the Democrats too needed this because they have spent their three years, you know, trying to impeach this president and and blocking everything they can. They have very few accomplishments to run on, so Pelosi was de- desperate to get something, something uh, you know, that they could talk about. So it worked out well for the country, and, uh, and it worked out well for President Trump. Uh, I have something else I want to run by before you go, and we're talking to Jim Roberts, Heritage Foundation Research Fellow for Economic Freedom and Growth. Economic freedom, um, uh, I don't know how the minimum wage uh, applies to that, but uh, Governor Tom Wolf is now saying he wants the Pennsylvania minimum wage raised to $12. How do you guys at the research, at the uh, Heritage Foundation, and you particularly, feel about the minimum wage and, and it being mandated by government? Well, we, you know, we've always been opposed to that, and I'll tell you why. The minimum wage sounds good when politicians make those promises and people think they're all going to get big, you know, bigger wages than they have right now. But the reality is that when those minimum wages are mandated by government, co- companies find ways to get rid of people, and young people and people with uh, very few skills don't get hired. And economists, both liberal and conservative economists, have, would admit that the, min, the effect of minimum wage laws long-term is higher unemployment. Um, and uh, in, for, in foreign countries, where we do our Heritage Foundation Index of Economic Freedom, it means a, a larger informal economy that uh, is completely off the radar. But here in the U.S., you look at McDonald's when... Uh, I guess it was de Blasio put in a huge minimum wage in New York City. Well, what, guess what? But McDonald's started in, uh, investing in robots. Now, that might be helpful to the robotic uh, you know, sector in Pittsburgh, but that's not going to create the jobs that these politicians are promising. So we, we think that wages are best set by markets and uh, that the government should, should uh, get out of the way and, and intervene as little as possible in the economy. I actually have uh, ordered food on a kiosk in uh, McDonald's uh, near where I live, and it's relatively new. And um, I can't imagine why anybody would uh, – the, the Democrats want $15 an hour uh, mm-hmm. for somebody to flip hamburgers, and it's just not going to happen, is it? It's not. And, and the great tragedy is that young people need those jobs. and Young people need to learn the value of work and discipline and showing up on time. And those sorts of jobs in retail and restaurants have, have been a very important part of that equation. And it's a shame that these uh, the politicians are making these economic moves that are going to shut off opportunities for young people.
Hey, Jim, I know you, uh, you're short for time here. I appreciate you taking the time to explain this uh, trade deal to us, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Happy to be with you. Great to talk to people in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's Jim Roberts, and he's a, a Pittsburgh guy. And thanks to him for being on. we got a few minutes here. Uh, just I, I mentioned uh, during the conversation with Jim there that, um, uh, that Politico had um, kind of I don't know. They're they're not ready to have a big party over this. Politico headline uh, was Trump. This is not the headline. Is not that the the um, the uh, UMCA deal was signed. It's Trump shuns Democrats as he signs bipartisan USMCA. He didn't invite Democrats to the signing. Uh, it says the celebration on Wednesday was far from bipartisan as Trump excluded Democrats from the ceremony, despite their key role in securing the final version of the deal that passed with overwhelming majorities in both the House and Senate. Now, uh, maybe uh, uh, the person who wrote this, I uh, forget her name, Hernandez, anyway, doesn't matter who it was, it's, uh, maybe she forgot that um, there was an impeachment going on. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Stand up there and have a big smile with Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Chucky Schumer? Uh, it, it, there's an, they're, they're trying to impeach him, uh, and uh, he, so he didn't invite them to the signing. You know, if things were different, he would have invited them. Um, but they, it says here that the signing the USMCA into law is a rare legislative achievement for the president, according to Politico. And uh, some Democrats went on to say that uh, this guy uh, Gomez, uh, Jimmy Gomez from California. It puts a smile on my face that he's really signing a bill that includes Democratic priorities that we've been fighting for for decades. That may be true, but uh, Donald Trump made that promise when he was elected president, and these people said that he wasn't going to get anything accomplished because he's an idiot, didn't belong uh, in the office of the presidency. And so it's just another uh, win, by the way, for Donald Trump. And um, the Democrats are on the outside looking in. Speaking of the Democrats, while I have a couple of minutes here, when we come back after the break, by the way, we're going to talk about uh, free speech on campus and how it's disappeared. And uh, FIRE, the organization that that uh, that uh, watches out, is a watchdog for uh, free speech on campus and, and the uh, elimination of it picked its top 10 or its worst 10 colleges for free speech. But anyway, this is uh, this is a, a memo. Have you seen this from Pete Buttigieg? He sent to his staff. This is what he sent to his staff. Uh, he, he's the presidential candidate, and he, he's, it's about microaggressions in the workplace. workplace. And the microaggressions in the workplace survey is explicitly intended only for those in the staff who, quote, identify as a person of color or, as the mayor said elsewhere, his staff of color. So uh, what they're doing there, they're asking people if they've been, uh, you know, suffered a microaggression at the hands of one of the evil white people who happened to work on his staff, like maybe uh, been interrupted, been spoken over, uh, that, that, this is what it says. In the workplace, have you ever experienced the following from a white employee? Uh, the possible traumatic experience include being talked over, not invited to meetings, using the wrong name accidentally. Um, uh, what does the and then some questions? What does good allyship, A L L Y ally, I guess allyship feel like, and what does bad allyship feel like? Just imagine someone this idiotic being president of the United States. This is just imagine someone who runs his campaign like this being in charge of running the United States of America. Uh, he also wants to know if there were any witnesses to uh, any of these problems and you know they should be reported anything anytime it happens uh, you should be uh, sending an email to somebody to just make them aware that you were the victim of a microaggression, like somebody interrupting you, especially if it's a white person interrupting you. That's a big problem. Oh, boy, this guy wants to be president of the United States, and there are people out there who would vote for him. That's what's scary. When we come back, free speech on college campuses becoming rarer as we speak. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. 
President Trump's impeachment trial has shifted to pointed and lively questions from senators. This two-day session will be followed by a vote on Friday on whether to allow more witnesses to testify. The Federal Reserve has kept its key interest rate unchanged at a low level amid an economy that looks solid, but faces potential global threats, including from China's viral outbreak. The central bank said it would hold short-term rates in a range from one and a half to one and three quarters percent, far below levels that were typical during previous expansions. President Trump has signed into law a major rewrite of the rules of trade with Canada and Mexico. Some auto workers should benefit because the deal encourages more manufacturing in the United States. Stocks giving up early gains, ending mix. The Dow was up 11 points. The S&P dropped two. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Larry Elder believes the impeachment is just one piece of the puzzle. The House is threatening to call additional witnesses if the Senate doesn't. What did I tell you? This is never going to stop. The relentless negative coverage day after day after day after day. The pounding Pounding, pounding. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. I'm Kelsey Wiggins, a public school teacher in Iowa whose students have benefited from an America's Farmers Grow Rural Education Grant. By April 1st, I encourage farmers to nominate a local public school district to receive a $15,000 STEM grant by visiting americasfarmers.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Northbound 79 jams up from 50 up to Kraft. Any though an accident has been cleared. Outbound Liberty Bridge also seen delays. Outbound 28 heavy route bait to the Highland Park Bridge. On the Parkway West, on slow ride inbound Poplar Street and Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On the outbound side, not too bad. Parkway East heavy outbound. Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and slowing down on the inbound side. County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Partly to mostly cloudy tonight, low 22. 
Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 39. Plenty of clouds around tomorrow night, though, 25. Cloudy Friday, high again, 39. Rain or drizzle possible Friday evening. Saturday, rain and snow showers. Little or no accumulation, high 41. Sunday, clouds came away to some sun, high 40. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we talk a lot around here about stupidity on college campuses, and there's a lot of it. And it's not just stupidity, by the way. It's, I don't know, totalitarianism. Free speech is a concept that only seems to work when it's liberal free speech on a lot of campuses, or most of them. Fire, that would be the foundation for individual rights in education, tries to keep an eye on it and confront the schools. It came out with its 10 worst schools for free speech. Will Freely of Fire joins us now. John, it's a pleasure. I really appreciate it. So your organization, uh, I'm thinking, might not exist if not for the, the war against free speech on college campuses and the fact that you have a list of the um, of the 10 worst colleges for free speech means there are a lot more than 10 out there where it's a problem. So before we get to the list, just how big is the problem and, and when did it become so big? Well, I tell you what, John, we had a bumper crop of candidates to choose from this year, and we think that each of the 10 uh, is very worthy. We've been doing uh, the work of defending student and faculty speech rights on campus since 1999. Our co-founders figured the problem would be solved within five years once a real watchdog was on the scene. Uh, here we are, it's 2020, and I hate to say it, but business is booming. And much worse now than it was 20 years ago? Uh, I can't I can't quite tell you whether or not it's worse, but I will say that we've received more case submissions this year than any year in our 20-year history. More, more, um, more business for you than you've That's ha- right. ever had. That's right. We stay pretty busy over here. Wow. So, um, so how tough was the competition for the top ten? Was it tough for you to pick only ten? Yes, sir, John. It was a long meeting. We, we had a little fun with it. I mean, sometimes uh, the things that uh, colleges do to silence their students and faculty, you have to laugh from, to keep from crying. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so it was it was a, a long meeting, and I at the end of it, I didn't know whether uh, to be uh, depressed or, or happy because we've got a, a solid list this year. But this is our ninth list. Uh, we've been doing it for a while now, and hopefully uh, the aim is to spur some colleges into uh, reforming their policies uh, lest they find themselves on the list next year. Okay. Um, now, the list you ha- I have here, it's the top ten, but it's not in order of one through ten. Uh, it's, um, it's just that in no particular order. Yeah. Yep, no particular order. Each one of them could be at the top. That's for okay, sure. Okay, that's good. So let's go down the list here. Uh, some of them I've sure. never heard of, but as I as I said for a long time, I had a friend who went to a college that was not very well known, and when he came home from school his first year, you know, came home for vacation as a freshman, and he would say where he went, uh, they'd say, I never heard of that. And he'd say, well, they never mm-hmm. heard of you either. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my, so I've never heard of Babson College in Wellesley, Massachusetts, but they've never heard of me, but you've heard of them because they are a violator. They are a violator. They fired a professor for a private joke he made on Facebook, uh, and that is uh, contrary to all the basic tenets of academic freedom and freedom of expression. Babson is a private school. They're not bound by the First Amendment. Uh, there are seven uh, private schools on this year's list. Uh, but we take private universities' promises seriously. They promise freedom of expression to students and faculty. Uh, they hire them, and, and students pay their tuition expecting as much. And when they fail to deliver, that's the problem. In so this it, instance, uh, yep, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, you finish. Oh, I'm sorry. In this instance, uh, the professor uh, made a joke uh, following President Trump's uh, threat to uh, bomb 52 Iranian cultural sites. Professor said, well, uh, the Ayatollah should check out 52 sites here. How about the Kardashians' house or the Mall of America? Now, you may not like it. Uh, folks may disagree about it, whether or not that's a, a funny joke, but it's definitely protected uh, by any understanding of freedom of expression. Uh, and they fired this professor for that joke, and that is a problem. Of course, it's not really protected by uh, the First Amendment as, a, as far as Babson College is. Re- uh, they can fire him for anything they want, right? I mean, that, that, yeah, he, the, has the no first, here, yeah, he has no First yeah, Amendment not, uh, claims there. 
That's right, John, but the problem here is that the university promises free expression to its faculty and students. Yeah, okay. So even if it's not a First Amendment matter, it's a contractual matter, and we ask universities to live up to their promises. No, so, so if, it is a, if it's uh, Penn State University or Ohio State, as it becomes a different situation, then it becomes a free speech issue? That is a First Amendment issue, absolutely. Okay. So Jones College uh, in Ellsville, Massachusetts is on the list. Yeah, this is actually Jones College is down in uh, in in Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi! Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. That's we we take them from anywhere around the country. Yeah. yeah this is deep in Mississippi. Uh, here we had a a student, a libertarian student, who was uh, hoping to talk to his fellow students to recruit members uh, to his student organization, Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, he had. Uh, uh, got a big beach ball, he blew it up, and he invited students who were walking by to write something on it, called it a free speech ball. Uh, and that earned the attention of not only campus administrators, but also campus police. That's nice. Uh, and, yeah, he was, he was hauled into the uh, chief of police office and told that he should have been smarter than that. Uh, and his friend uh, who was with him, who was a non-student, was escorted to his car and told never to come back, otherwise he'd be arrested. And our, wow. our, uh, uh, yeah, we were shocked by this one. We, we've now represent the student, and there's litigation ongoing, and we have the support of the Department of Justice, which filed a statement of interest in federal court comparing Jones uh, County Junior College uh, to uh, something out of George Orwell's 1984. Wow. I mean, so he, he's, he has a beach ball, and they, the, the, the cops are called. That's right. Yeah, the beach ball, the cops are called. He also uh, tried to start conversations with his fellow students about legalizing marijuana uh, on a separate occasion, and the chief of police gave it to him even worse. So, you know, the, the fact is that you can't talk to your fellow students about political issues of the day without having the campus cops breathing down your neck. That's un-American. Wow. We've had uh, Harvard's on the list, and we've, we've talked about them here a couple of times because of their stupidity uh, when it comes to um, fraternities and sororities. That was part of the issue yep. there, right? Absolutely. You know, this is Harvard's fifth time on the list, 2012, 2013, 2017, 2018, and then this year, 2020's list. Yeah, Harvard uh, has been a bad actor on student civil liberties for a long time. Uh, they tried to bring back a blacklist, and they have done so, as your listeners sound like they already know, uh, to, to uh, punish students who join single-gender clubs, even if those clubs are off-campus, even if they have nothing to do with Harvard. So if it's if you join the uh, fraternity, you don't get uh, you don't get a you're not allowed to be a captain of an athletic team, if I remember correctly. That and they won't in, uh, they won't sponsor your applications for prestigious scholarships like the Marshall Scholarship or the Rhodes Scholarship. Yeah, no fellowships or any of that stuff. That's right, and, and you know it's been interesting uh, that some of the leading uh, voices in opposition to this change have been from. Uh, female students who say that they need a place on campus uh, where they can talk to uh, their fellow female students uh, in a space of their own. Yeah. And that's been, been really interesting to see that pushback. I don't think Harvard expected it. Imagine that. Women wa not wanting men around or men not wanting women around at a, at a particular yeah. time. And, then, and not only that, but having the nerve to want the freedom to do that. That's right, freedom of association. It is protected by thing. the First Amendment. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I, I, I don't know if it was Harvard. Uh, we had a couple of stories about fraternities and sororities on campus. Uh, not, I'm not sure. It might have been Yale. I think it was a lot. It was an Ivy League school um, mm -hmm. where these uh, female students went to a fraternity party. They were grossly mistreated. They said, uh, and I don't know, sexually harassed. Whatever. It's at a fraternity party. And they uh, demanded that the – they didn't demand that the, the fraternities and sororities be banned. They demanded mm -hmm. that they be allowed to join a fraternity. They didn't want – they wanted women uh, – uh, in other words, they didn't want it to be separate. Uh, right, right. This place was so terrible that they wanted to join. That's it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we, we hear quite a lot of uh, issues surrounding freedom of association and, and student groups, particularly fraternities and sororities. Uh, and our point to universities uh, is always that the at public university, particularly the First Amendment, protects uh, your right to associate with others of like mind. And you don't check that right uh, at the campus gate. And private universities that promise their students freedom of association, it's the same deal. So if, uh, if a student at Harvard wanted to join the Knights of Columbus, he'd have the same problem? Yeah, that sounds like the way they're doing it, uh, against all uh, common sense and, and uh, widespread opposition. They, they are forging ahead. 
they made the list this year, uh, not just because of their uh, their crackdown on student groups, uh, but also of the fact that they relieved law professor Ronald Sullivan of his duties as a faculty dean of one of their residence houses uh, for joining Harvey Weinstein's criminal defense team. Uh, Ron, Ron Sullivan is a uh, high-powered, very successful uh, defense attorney. He joined as a, uh, an attorney on Weinstein's team for a few months, and uh, this reportedly made students feel, quote-unquote, unsafe uh, because no. of his residence in the dorm. He was the <laughs> first African-American dean of a residential dorm in Harvard's nearly 400-year history, and they kicked him out. Uh, and that, that was pretty shocking to all of us here. So Harvard Law School hasn't gotten around to the, uh, the idea that everybody deserves a defense. That's exactly our concern. You think at Harvard they might know that. I mean, you know, I I don't know. It's a core foundation of our uh, democracy that everybody has the right to an attorney. You know, this is part of the deal. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, uh, popular opinion at Harvard was that uh, Ron Sullivan was too dangerous to be a, a faculty dean. And, uh, yeah, we, we are stunned by that one, and so that's part of the reason Harvard's on this year's list. And, of course, that's a whole other subject. Uh, if, it's, if you feel that you're in danger because of that, you probably should just stay home with your parents and not go to school anywhere, not go away anywhere and hide in your basement. Um, uh, then there's the University of Scranton, and Turning Point USA had a problem there. Yeah, that's right. Turning Point USA is a conservative student group. Uh, they applied for recognition at the University of Scranton, which is a, a private school, uh, and the student government denied them for pretty blatantly viewpoint-based reasons. In other words, they didn't like uh, Turning Point USA's advocacy uh, for their beliefs, uh, and we actually had one of the student government uh, leaders uh, on uh, social media saying, yikes, nope, denied, uh, when uh, considering the possibility that Turning Point USA would be treated uh, like other belief-based student organizations there. And we've written them twice. Uh, and Scranton uh, has not responded in a satisfactory way. They haven't made it right. And that's viewpoint discrimination. Uh, if Scranton was a public school, uh, it'd be barred by the First Amendment. They'd probably already be facing a lawsuit. Uh, we haven't uh, uh, found uh, a reason to keep them off this list. They haven't uh, done the right thing yet, but we'll keep on them. We're talking to Will Freely of uh, FIRE. That's the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education. He's the Senior Vice President of Legal and Public Advocacy. And they came out with their annual uh, top ten list in no particular order. We've gone down a few of them. I'm starting to run out of time here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead here to um, uh, Doan University. Uh, that seems like yep. a pretty ridiculous one that I spotted. Which oh, is John, in Crete, you, you Nebraska, get, by the way. Yeah, this one might be my favorite, John. I'm, I'm happy to, to talk to this one uh, about to your audience. Here we had a, a faculty librarian who was putting together a historical photo display going through the university's archival photo collection and uh, giving lots of uh, talk at the beginning of last year about uh, old yearbooks containing blackface. Well, this faculty librarian found that there had been students wearing blackface back in 1926 uh, at a Doan University masquerade party, and she displayed those photos as part of history. Uh, a student complained about uh, seeing those photos, and she was put on leave, this librarian, and investigated for, a quote, discriminatory harassment. Yeah. That is crazy to us. So did she, did she lose her job, or did she get it back, or what? Well, we wrote in, and the National Coalition Against Censorship wrote in, and others uh, uh, raised attention to the issue, and she did get her job back. She is currently working, and uh, Doan has told uh, newspapers in Nebraska today that they are reevaluating their policies, and we're, we're happy to see it. It should never happen again. Jeez. Universities should have to confront their past, uh, and, boy, displaying pictures of people wearing blackface in 1926 is in no way discriminatory harassment, particularly when it's part of a library collection, uh, that's designed to uh, to tell the truth about where the universities come from. Oh, boy. Okay, Syracuse, uh, the fraternities are involved in that one, too. Yeah, Syracuse uh, banned all fraternity activities for the rest of the semester uh, after uh, an alleged racial incident on campus. Uh, the problem here is blanket punishment. You know, they, they, uh, most, if not all, of the student groups involved, as the university later admitted, had nothing to do with the alleged incident. Uh, Syracuse is another one of these schools that can't find their way off our list. They've been on it in 2011, 2012, 2019, 2020. And they also, speaking of Young Americans for Liberty, 
Uh, Syracuse denied recognition to a different group called Young Americans for Freedom, uh, just like University of Scranton did for viewpoint discriminatory reasons. They thought the group's ideology was, quote-unquote, inflammatory. Uh, they're a conservative uh, group, and they, uh, they denied them recognition. So they, they earned their, their spot on this list just like the other nine. Amazing. Um, I've only got about a minute and a half left, so I want to get uh, up to skip a couple of these, but uh, I want to get to your Lifetime Censorship Award to RPI, Rochester Polytechnic Institute. they got good hockey yeah. up there. I know that. Yeah, they sure do. I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I know that RPI is a perennial hockey power, but uh, they're also a perennial censorship power, and that's a real problem. We have written to RPI more times than I can count. This is kind of a, it's not a left-wing issue or a right-wing issue. It's kind of just a classic uh, administrators versus students issue. The administrators wanted to, uh, to take over the student union. So students have organized uh, protests against the plans uh, to take over the student union. It's one of the oldest in the country. And they've had a Save the Union campaign, uh, and security officers and RPI staff members have ripped down their flyers. They've uh, told the students that they can't protest. They've erected fences to keep the students out of protesting places where they should be allowed to. They've called in the cops to surveil and videotape students. They've, uh, they've told students that they can't hand out flyers on a public sidewalk. I mean, it, the list goes on and on, John. I could go on for another 20 minutes about RPI. If you want to see the full story, check out our website, thefire.org, T-H-E-F-I-R-E.org. Okay, uh, that's good. I'm glad you got that in there, thefire.org. This stuff, you're really doing good work out there. Um, I just It's amazing to me that, the, the, uh, the, that these colleges and universities aren't embarrassed that oh, you yeah, have to have someone you. like you come out, come out there and tell them the way things are supposed to be. I appreciate that, John. A little bit of common sense would go a long way, and I, I couldn't do it without uh, the attention of folks in the media like yourself and your listeners, so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to talk about it. All right. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Will thanks Freely. so much, John. Thank you. And we'll be right back. You talk too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, you even worry my pet. You just talk, talk too much. The team at my pillow is grateful for you. Grateful. They have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-716-8087 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code STAG. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. I am doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. 
Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling. Not if you've got the right grill. And that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Uh, have I mentioned how glad I am that I'm not at the Super Bowl as, a, as an old sports guy? Uh, I covered um, uh, one, two, three, four, five of them. Um, two stu- two uh, in 78 and 79 when I first started in television. And uh, anyway, uh, it's Wednesday. And let me just tell you, they're like, a f- like something like 5,000 media people in Miami right now. And most of them would rather be anywhere else. Uh, you may think it's great to be get that uh, plum assignment to be sent to the Super Bowl for free, and you get to you know be in Miami. It's the worst possible assignment you can get covering a Super Bowl um, as a sports guy uh, uh, compared to like Stanley Cup, World Series. There's I, there's just about any event I would rather cover than a Super Bowl, and I I feel sorry for the people who are down there now pretending like they're having a good time when you see them on TV, and uh, they're being stuck in traffic jams and sitting through boring press conferences and having no access to anybody and being shuffled around like cattle. Just want to say how glad I am to be here in Green Tree. Instead of Miami, I don't care what the temperature is, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.